and welcome to the Encore Offstage podcast. This is a conversational podcast where we talk all things theatre. I'm Lucy Gazard. I'm Ben Bradley. And I'm Adam Guest. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. How's everyone doing this week? I'm good. I'm it's just good. currently feeding tea to my dog. Other than that, all always, is good. Always good. Always good. But no, all is fine. All is dandy. I look like I'm in the podcast cupboard. I think you are. I am in the podcast cupboard. That's. We, we, I just wanted to just distract yeah. him for a second. We, we've left him in there this week. He's not been released, so he yeah. won't be locked back in at the end. He's just going to stay in there. He's now got a teapot and kettle in there. He's fine. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Amazon can send some wonderful things out by quick delivery. Great. <laughs> Absolutely. Not sponsored, but moving on very swiftly. From that, <laughs> this week we have, I yeah. am bringing you an interview with Rowan Nix of Bear Left Theatre Company. Adam, what are you bringing us this week? I'm bringing you a topic this week. I thought in light of everything that's been going on with uh, El Locky Downio, um, I wanted to discuss some of the different ways of presenting uh, media and theatre and theatrical productions and see uh, and just have a chat about that, really. Ooh, that's really sounds really exciting. And Lucy, let's start with you. What are you bringing us this week? Well, I am bringing you both a quiz this week. Um, oh, yeah. Me versus Adam. And the theme for this week is musicals with female leads. Oh, okay. So what I want you to do is I'm going to describe the person from the musical and you've got to give me the name of that female lead. Okay. The character. Additional points if you can give me the musical. Oh, blimey. Right, okay. okay. So can we test our buzzers out? Yes. Right? Yes. What buzzer? Adam, we'll start with your buzzer. What you want you my doing? buzzer? <laughs> There's my buzzer. I've got a turkey. Got a turkey. Been... And we, we, we've got a budget this week, and I have. Ooh. Excellent. Excellent indeed. So, shall we start then? Yeah, ready I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just tapping my turkey. I'm going to go I'm good. Go. So, first question. This gal hails from the Upper Uplands and was a student at Shiz University. Yes, Adam. Is it Galinda from Wicked? Yes, it is. Yay. I'm going to get you, Ben. I'm going to get you. All right. I think you might do this week, you know. Well, well. It's time yet. My turkey might fall asleep. <laughs> Okay, now, are you ready for question number two? I am. I'm game. Okay, Go on then. So, originally a nun from Switzerland, Ben. Is that Maria from The Sound of Music? It is indeed Maria from The Sound of Music. Yeah, that was quick. I know. <laughs> Just hear the word nun and I'm like, Maria. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the show that I know well. Go on then. We're okay, no. pegging now. Question number three. Part of a jazz duo, but imprisoned for murdering her sister and husband. Yes, Adam. It was Adam first. It's Velma Kelly from Chicago. It is indeed Velma Kelly from Chicago. I don't know why, but I first went to um, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser from Cats. Don't know That's why. Dark for cats, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, jazz duo. I'm like, no, it's not. Jazz duo murdered a husband and sister. That was my point. Oh no, it's Chicago. And then I <laughs> saw. 
And you know what, though? I probably would have given you like a bonus point just to make him laugh. Creativity, you know. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'll answer all this quiz with the really bad wrong answers and get all the points. That's what I'll do. Okay. Okie doke. So, question number three. Four. Four, yeah. Four. <laughs> Let's try Four. that again. Let's try that again. Okay. Question number four. Wife of Argentine President Juan Perón. Yes, Ben. Oh, God. Uh, Vita? No, no, That's not Vita. That's the musical. musical. What's, What's the character the called? Sugar. What's she called? Ah, I don't know. Adam, I'm passing over to you. It's Eva Perón from Yes. Austin. Adam, you've managed to steal a point from Ben there. Well, do I not get, my, do I not get my point for musical? To get the musical right. Did, yes. Oh. The point for oh. So that question didn't mean anything then, because we're still the same as we were before. Just saying. <laughs> I'll get you, Ben. I'll get you. I'll get you, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll set my turkey on you. I've got my posh Adam, button now to get away. Adam is currently in the lead. Because what? Yeah. This is not allowed. Yeah, you know why that worked, Ben? Because I got more answers right than you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> Okey doke. Next the show doesn't question. need you, Adam. Are you both ready? <laughs> yeah, I am now. <laughs> so, overweight 16-year-old who dreams of dancing. Yes, Adam. It's Tracy Turnblad from <sighs> Hairspray. Yes, it, it is. is. Well done. <sighs> <laughs> Next question. Okay. Famous for the worst pies in London and counterpart. Yes, Adam. If I don't get this right, then I'm going to go. Uh, Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd. That is correct. Well done. You might need to turn your turkey up a bit. He's gone That's there. As loud as he'll go. He's a bit shy. <laughs> He's very shy. <laughs> Come on, Terrence. A bit louder. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, there we are. I'll have to do. Yeah. Come on, Terrence. Come on. Okay, dope. Next question. You need to step up your game here, Ben. He's crushing your eyes. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben. What's that about? Fighting <laughs> like being bullied okay. in school again. <laughs> so, next question. This leading lady has a plant named after in this musical. Yes, Adam. It would be Audrey uh, in Little Trouble Horrors. That is correct. One of the best musicals by Alan One Benson. of the best musicals ever. I've never seen it. Oh! There we go. That's that was... Good. Set, Mind you, to be fair, you are like five, so it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Thank it you. It would scare you. It's so good. <laughs> it would scare... Right, okay. It would scare you, yeah. yeah. It scared yeah. me when I was little. Yeah, I... okay, thank you. <laughs> are we both ready? <laughs> well, yeah, we are absolutely ready to go. Google oh, is ready. ready. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fine words. Known for her carpet bag and <laughs> yes, Ben. Mary Poppins. Mary, Pop Mary Poppins. Yes. Yeah, Mary Poppins from that show. Do I get two points for that? For getting the music on <laughs> the character? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Mary Poppins from rules. what? From Bedknobs and Broomsticks. <laughs> oh, that, that's the point. That's coming. Isn't it, it? Is. The new it musical is, is premiering in our town. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Maybe we'll have to go and do a podcast review trip. 
Ah, yeah, when we can get outside, yeah. We need to start thinking about doing them. Right. Right, right, next one. Go on, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, Terence. Daughter of a famous French violinist, originally a chorus. Yes, Adam. It would be Christine Daae from Phantom of the Opera. It is Christine Daae from Phantom of the Opera. I don't know my musicals. I mean, I don't, I don't really think we need a tiebreaker at this point, so I'm just going to do the last question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that, Ben? Why would that be? Why, why do you think that would be? <laughs> I'll, I'll spike my little umbrella at you. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 look. Pokey, pokey umbrella. Yeah, okay. Go on, then. Magical straw. Oh. Final question. Are we both Pops. ready? <laughs> Ben's at war now. This, Yeah, this I'm, is ready. Is I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know about, about Ben, but I'm ready. I'm, no, I am ready. The buzzer is <laughs> or, ready. Or do, you want, or do you want to go again, Ben, and I'll just wait for you to answer the question? <laughs> okay, so final question. And then. She left the pride in search of food under the reign of Scar. Ends joining the pride. Yes, that was Adam first. It would be Nala from The Lion King. Yes, indeed. It was Nala from The Lion King. I could not remember her name. I had to think and think and think. (laughs) Mrs. Simba. Sorry? Mrs. Simba. Yes. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tally up the scores there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's tell, take your time. Do it really nice to tell you to dig the knife in a little bit further. No, it's fine. You know what? I, th- you know, let Lucy do her job. It's fine. <laughs> okay, do so. Considering also the fact that Ben was like, oh, going point all about saying, oh yeah, I'm currently beating Adam at the minute of these quizzes. It's like, yeah, I'm oh, like, you know you. what? I'm going to pull a little bit back. I'm just going to savor this as much as I can. If He's you haven't pulling back now, and this is. <sighs> Well, this is a bit embarrassing for you, Ben, I have to say. So, Ben, you got two full Oh, God. That was awful. Half points. Adam, on the other hand, got seven full questions and stole a point from you. So, Adam is the reigning champion of the quiz this week. Well done. Hi, hell. Hi, hell. I'd even put a tiebreaker in there. That was... I, I think Adam had help. I think he had help from Terence. I think Terence is a Thank musical theatre bird. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. He's a musical turkey. Yeah, he's absolutely. Not, he's not, he's, he's, Terence, he's, he, uh, look, I can't, I can't blame Terence if he's quick off the mark. All <laughs> I need to do, if I just give him a poke, he'll just go gobble. Turkey sounds at the Encore of Stage podcast. Well, thank you very much. Oh, good. That was a, that was a that was a good place. I really want this to stay in, so I'm going to carry on. Well, thank you, Lucy, for, for that um, fantastic quiz. Um, I've completely forgotten when we go next. Tell you what, we'll take a bit of a break, and we're going to catch up with Rowan next, who I chatted to a couple of weeks ago from Bear Left Theatre Company. And this is what happened then. So, Rowan, thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great fun. 
So you're known for being a writer, an actor, and running your own theatre company. Is, is there anything you can't do? Um, yeah, I'm awful at DIY. Okay, that's a good start. <laughs> that's a good start. Awful at DIY. So when you're building sets, don't come to you. No, please don't. Okay. I'd, I'd break it. <laughs> yeah. So give us a bit more of a picture about you then with all these different strings to a bow. Oh, gosh. Well, I... I've done drama throughout my whole life, sort of got into it at school and then just sort of fell into it really after that because I couldn't mm. think of anything else that I'd rather do. I nearly went into science actually. Okay, wow, that, that, that's a very different career path. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and the, the one thing that turned me off was that the first module in the A-level was exactly the same as what I'd just been doing for weeks in GCSE. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So, and I just, I just didn't want to do it yeah. again. No, that makes sense. So that was the only reason why now we have yeah. you as an actor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's sort of the background. Is that, is that where it started? It came from just a love at school and then you've, you've just carried it on. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. I took a, a general drama degree rather than an acting course because mm. I wasn't sure what area of theatre I wanted to go into. Okay. So uh, I got to do a bit of directing, a bit of lighting design, a bit of production company. So that was learning how to run your own production company. Mm. Um, all sorts of things, uh, Shakespeare, radio drama. It was great fun. We did all sorts of yeah. things. So you've got this really diverse knowledge, which, which is what allows you to, what, what you can pull on now. And I, I know you've got a very yeah. big love of Shakespeare. That's one yes. thing that you, I, 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 I gather that. Um, so is there any reason why you love it? Why, why did you fall into it, as, as you describe? Oh, um, I'm really not sure. I used to love sort of uh, pretending putting on shows. I was a dancer first. Mm. And I found that I wanted to tell the story with the dancing. Yeah. Which was a struggle because I was in one of those dance schools where it, it's all very sort of, if you're doing tap, it's all very time-steppy and yeah. ballet was all tutus and not, we didn't have much of a drama side. It was very, okay. very much dance. Yeah. But I really wanted to tell the story with stuff. So I found that I was interested in that. And then I ended up, I, I, I genuinely can't even remember why I chose to do GCSE drama. But I did. Just one of those, yeah. I suppose it's one of, the, one of those sort of crossroads where if you, you yeah. just took that path and, and now you're here. So I suppose bringing this into, into more recent years, what, so what, what made you start Bare Left? And how did that sort of come about? Um, that was actually entirely sort of by accident, really. What I did was I wanted to put on a show with friends because I had a kind of idea to do a sort of Robin Hood uh, yeah. play with my, Rob and with my local Nottingham friends. So I sort of put a call out on my Facebook. Any friends want to do a show with me? We're going to make it up. It's just going to be one off. So I came up with the name randomly, Bare Left Theatre Company. Mm -hmm. Um, just for like Kickstarter and marketing and stuff yeah. like that. But then people loved it and they were like, oh yeah, you should, you should carry on with this. So I did. So it's just another complete <laughs> accident. That's, that's fascinating actually, to have all these different sort of um, unintentional choices that have led you to be where you are now. Yeah. So how many shows have Bear Left done now? Oh gosh. Um, let's see. Well, we were amateur for a few years and then we incorporated two years ago now yeah no, uh, about two years ago actually oh no not quite 
We're nearly at the two-year mark, actually, oh, for being a professional company. So uh, let's see, we did uh, two Robin Hood-based shows. We did a Sardine Shakespeare, which was like an amalgamation yeah. of all sorts of different yeah. scenes put together, which was quite fun. Um, we did a Scottish play. And I have a feeling we did something else as well. There, there was a few that nearly got going, but then for yeah. one reason or another didn't happen. But then since we became professional, uh, we've done three full shows. So we've done Much Ado. We yeah. did an adaptation of Jekyll and Hyde. And we did another kind of sardine Shakespeare. Mm. It was in last February, just before lockdown, actually, about a month before. And that was, uh, again, all sorts of Shakespeare scenes and we put them together. And they, they were all about relationships, all about okay, people yeah. that are in relationships. So we, we sort of marketed it that way. But So, so yeah. just, just, just the light stuff then? Nothing too yeah. heavy? Just, no, garbage. nothing too heavy. Shakespeare and, <laughs> oh God, couldn't deal with it. Um, so have you got, what is the most notable show that you've, you've worked on then? What do you think has been one of your, your sort of crowning achievements? Uh, I think it will probably have to be the very first show I ever did with uh, Belle F, which was the first Robin Hood. Yeah. Because everyone loved it and it completely took me aback because the way it happened, I was aiming for it to be a devised piece so that we had a rough sort of storyline and we knew how each scene roughly wanted to go. But I was aiming for sort of the actors and myself as director and I was acting in it as well just mm. because and so I wanted it to be sort of organic that we'd sort of experiment with different ways of doing the scenes and then we'd sort of naturally settle into it through improvisation yeah did not happen like that <laughs> I ended up having to write the whole thing right so yeah. it's the first show I ever wrote as well yeah and everyone loved it we got amazing feedback from all the audience members and the critics that came to see it uh, we even had a few people who didn't know anyone in it who'd just seen the posters and come to see it. Oh, that's, fan so that's, that's fantastic. The idea that's really, was yeah. good. Yeah, that, so that from, that's got to be my my moment, I think, yeah. that it really just was awesome. So in terms of a more general stage career, what, what's been your favourite experience on the stage? Gosh, on the stage? Oh, I don't know. There's There's been so many good moments interesting moments uh i think mm, maybe my favorite moment is actually a mishap okay yeah <laughs> pray tell when... <laughs> we love our mis mishaps in this show we love them uh when we were doing the scottish play mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago i nearly missed an entrance Ooh. Ooh, yeah dear. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> but what happened i turned it into a kind of Oh, because um, I was playing Banquo. Yeah. It was a scene where Macbeth and Banquo meet the king right near the start. And I had just a kind of a brain fart and completely forgot that I was in this scene. And suddenly realised about two minutes in when Macbeth was talking to the king. And I was like, oh crap, I need to be on. So I sort of blagged it that Banquo had just been to the loo and sort of was catching them up afterwards. Did you improvise Shakespeare? <laughs> I didn't have any lines, so I was oh, fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you managed to improvise Shakespeare, that was going to be top of the list. Oh, gosh, no. 
I reckon I, I might be able to, but no, <laughs> not at that point. <laughs> so with you then, Shakespeare is such a massive part of your life. I'm going to ask you to pick between children here. What's your favourite Shakespeare play? Oh, God. And why? Mm, that is, that is, that is such a hard choice. I think I it's it's probably a stereotypical choice, but I'm gonna have to go with Hamlet. Okay, yeah. Cause just there's so much emotional depth in there. And it's so real as mm. well. And then you've got fights and what I love about Hamlet is something the main character gets kidnapped by pirates and it's not even a main plot point. Of course, just that random, <laughs> that random aside thing happens, yeah. And so that is, it's such a big scope of a play, but it's also so personal because it's about this um, relatively young man, I think he's 30 or something, by the time he meets the um, gravediggers in the, what is usually the second half. And it's him coping with the loss of his father and the fact that his mother's just married his uncle. And then on top of that, his father, or someone he thinks is his father, telling him that he was murdered, yeah. and then having to cope with that, and all of that. And it's funny as well. Mm. This is the thing that a lot of people don't get, that Shakespeare is absolutely hilarious. I mean, his, his two best friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, when they first meet Hamlet, they joke about women. Yeah. And women's private parts. And yep. it's just banter with the lads. Yeah. And you're thinking, hang on, how old is this? Yeah. It's that, <laughs> but, it's that sort of yeah. that ahead of its time thing with Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, Shakespeare is, if you get past the sort of flowery language, it's just so real. Mm. These are really real characters that you see in their lives on stage. And it's, that for me is just something so special. So I suppose with that, are there any shows that you really want to produce to create? What any shows that you've got a passion for that you haven't been able to do yet that might be in the future? Uh, my aim eventually is to do the entire canon of Shakespeare plays. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it's gonna take me probably a couple of decades. Yeah. At least. <laughs> but that is that is something that I would love to do. But no, actually the next one is the Henry plays. Mm. like the history cycle i really want to do them especially henry the fourth parts one and two because mm -hmm. i love faustaff yeah faustaff is just an amazing character he's for those of you that don't know i mean i don't know how well known he is because he's more known as a type he's this fat old knight right. who is incredibly lazy is basically a criminal in the henry the fourth place because he's a thief mm-hmm he borrows money faster than he can spend it. He spends all his money on wine and food. Yeah. And women. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. And that is his life. That is all he is. And the funny thing is, in the Henry the Fourth place, he's the mentor to Prince Henry, who becomes Henry the Fifth. Yeah. That's okay. So... That, well, that that quite explains a lot about Henry the Fifth, but yeah. Yeah. But just their relationship, it's its so funny. Like, there's one scene in Henry IV Part 1 where you first meet Prince Hal, as he's known, and Falstaff. And Falstaff is like, you know what? I'm going to give it all up. I'm going to give up the women. I'm going to give up the drink. I'm going to give up the thievery. 
I'm going to be an honest Christian, no more stealing, that's it. And then Hal says, okay, so where are we going to steal something tomorrow, Jack? And his immediate response, Falstaff says, oh, wherever you will, I'll be one. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, and he's... he's yeah. Yeah, see, I can I, see. No, I, I love it. No, what, <laughs> you have. And just listening to you talking about Shakespeare, there's such an energy coming off you. It, you just it sort of infuses. It's just part of you, I think. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I actually have had people say that before. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, it's March. Are you working on anything at the moment? Or well, we're... We're kind of playing things by ear. We we were going to be doing um, a slightly adapted version of Jekyll and Hyde for lockdown. We were going to do it last November, mm-hmm. but obviously things happened and we went into another lockdown just before Christmas, so we couldn't quite manage it. So we are looking at doing that again sometime soon. Hopefully before summer. Yeah. But it really does depend on how things are and whether we eventually decide whether we'll get an audience because we can live stream it. But it's, yeah. it misses something. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> you, you haven't got that atmosphere of other people to play with other people. So you're active and for yeah. the audience as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask... In terms of your writing, because you write an awful lot of things, I've read some of your scripts <laughs> and I love them. What, oh, thank you. Is there anything in the pipeline in terms of writing? Anything you've finished or anything you're working on you can give us a little sneak preview of? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, maybe. So, I've, during lockdowns, plural, <laughs> I've been doing, obviously, a lot more writing because there's not a lot else to do. So I've actually been branching out into uh, television and film scripts. Ooh. And I'm partway through sort of doing the editing of a Robin Hood film, Ooh. which is fairly exciting. Really and we're exciting. Talking, yeah. And we're talking sort of the good old-fashioned Robin Hood films. Think sort of Errol Flynn type, yeah. swashbuckling type stuff which is going to be great fun oh, if it ever fantastic. gets done. Um, in terms of theatre writing, I'm looking at adapting um, Dracula next, which should be quite that, fun. That would sound fantastic. Um, having read your Robin Hood scripts, I think, yeah. If you, if you <laughs> took on Dracula, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and actually, there's an original idea as well that I'm partway through working on. And I've got the title, okay. and I've, I've got the rough premise. It's about a man in the 1930s-ish, mm-hmm. sort of that era, who's a playwright, and he's trying to work on his magnum opus about uh, the Greek gods right. yeah. and how they compare theologically and all that kind of thing to yes. the Roman gods. Yeah. And He's very intellectual like that, mm. except... He keeps getting interrupted by the, um, I'm going to give it away here, but it, it's going to be hilarious, by the Greek gods themselves. Okay. Who each right. come in and try and tell him how to write it and that oh, it should be all wow. about them. And in the midst of that, he also has his co-writer yeah, and then his parents, who don't think he should be a writer in the first place. Right. And the cleaner, who 
is just messing everything up. And it, it's just a complete farce. That sounds absolutely fantastic. That is such a cool concept. <laughs> oh, I really hope that that properly comes to fruition. That would be great. Yeah, I'm working through that at the minute. So yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed, it should yeah, be absolutely. ready by end of the year, maybe. Ooh. So yeah. you've kind of started to answer my next question, but I'm interested <laughs> in how has... The, we, we hate to ask this question, but we kind of have to now. How has COVID <laughs> affected you in terms of theatre, in terms of writing, in terms of their left? Yeah. What impact have you felt from it? Yeah, well, the theatre company's really much stopped, mm. to be honest. Because um, I'm very much a live theatre person, so adapting things to go on the internet doesn't come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. I much prefer being in a theatre with an audience. Yeah. So, and actually, Bell Left is in a fairly uh, lucky position. We have no outstanding costs. Mm -hmm. So it's just me and the other co-director who don't take a wage and we have no premises. We have no storage facilities that we need to pay for constantly. Yeah. So we have actually been able to literally just pause and wait. Okay. So yeah. it's hard because yeah. we want to be doing things. Um, but although we've had to stop, we've not had to completely shut down the business. So mm. we're actually very lucky in that way. So and actually for me personally, it's been a little bit of a bonus because I've managed to do more writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, do a bit more research, yeah. uh, get into sort of things that I've uh, missed out on for being too busy and all that kind of thing. So yeah, it's been a bit of a mixed bag mm. overall. I'm missing theatre. I'm missing yeah. seeing people so much. Of course. So we, much. Yeah, we, we, all, I mean, we've not actually met in person. We've just met through <laughs> doing various things via Zoom yeah. over the past year. So I'm like, there's so many people as well who I've just not met um, at all yet because of having to be in, in this situation. Yeah. So in terms of being, well, I suppose, running a theatre company and being a writer, are there, what are the downsides to both of those professions, would you say? If it there takes, are any. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it takes a long time to start to earn anything from it unless you're very very lucky okay yeah so i mean i'm i'm personally lucky because my parents are supporting me through this and um because i've personally had uh, problems with my mental health so i've not been able to go out and get a like nine to five job as it yeah. were to pay the bills so thankfully i've been supported and i've been able to carry on with theater and now I've completely forgotten the question. Are, are there any downsides? To, to <laughs> oh, the, downsides, yeah. Downsides, yes. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And there's, there's kind of a, a flip side. Because every time you do a show, you get a new family. Mm. You get to meet these people and you're seeing them. Um, particularly in a professional production where you're seeing them all day, every day. Yeah. for over a week maybe two weeks three weeks depending on the show so they really do become family to you and then it ends yeah and you don't really see them anymore because they go off to do other projects so there's a lot of that kind of things and then obviously you have the you have to go through all the feedback of reviews and yeah. all that kind of thing so you have to have a thick skin because you have to be able to take criticism and then some people are just not going to like what you do no matter what 
mm. because here's the thing you can't please everyone no. and theatre is very subjective so whatever you do someone's not going to like it you just have to have faith in what you do yeah. so yeah oh, that's, that's fascinating thank you and so a bit more of an optimistic look now what does the future hold for yourself what does the future hold for the company what where can you see yourself going all right, being well, well all being well we'll be getting back into uh, live theatre productions before the end of the year so fingers crossed for that <laughs> so that will be something that we're looking forward to um also with the company we're looking at possibly um doing more workshops and mm getting more of the community involved. Yeah. We're actually exploring at the minute. Uh, we might be on the edge of actually taking a plunge and mm. becoming a, a CIC rather okay. than a limited company. Yeah. So a, a community interest. So we mm. can sort of give more opportunities to the community. So that is sort of our year yeah. in general. <laughs> For me See, personally, it's, it's just going to be sort of, writing things, uh, putting the work out there, seeing if anyone wants to produce it, uh, probably producing the odd thing myself mm. uh, with my company if it's suitable. And yeah, that's so, pretty much it. Yeah, so a really quite, hopefully, quite an optimistic and really positive next yes. few steps for you, for, for both you and, and for the company. So that sounds really, yeah, really exciting. Um, and yeah. just before we wrap up, where can people find yourself and Bear Left if they would like to, if they listen to this and are interested in following you further? Where, where can they find you? Well, um, I'll start with me personally. I'm on Instagram, uh, Nick's Rowan, mm -hmm. <laughs> just because I felt like swapping yeah. them around. Of course. Uh, I have uh, my own website as well, which is rowannicks.co.uk. My gosh, it's been so long since I've been on it. I can't remember the <laughs> name of it. It's either Rowan Nix or Rowan Nix Theatricals. Okay, either way. We'll, Just search we'll, we'll, Rowan Nix yeah, on we'll, Google. We'll link it. I'll turn up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then for Bare Left, uh, we are on Twitter. Again, search Bare Left Theatre Company. Facebook, Instagram. And we have our own website, barelefttheatrecompany.co.uk, where we have a uh, up-to-date sort of what's coming up next section we yeah. post on twitter instagram we uh, keep ourselves up to date on facebook as well brilliant well yeah. all of those should be in, in the description hopefully if i remember <laughs> when i put it up i'm sure i will he says don't hold me to that please um <laughs> but seriously thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us it's a pleasure to see you as always thank you for having me Okay, thank you so much, Rowan, for chatting to us and Bare Left Theatre Company. You can check out all the information about them in the description down below. And finally this week, now he has regained his composure, we're going to hand over to Mr Guest. What have you got for us this week, Adam? Well, I thought in light of um, the current lockdown and everything else, obviously live theatre... You're right, Ben? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, in thought in live theatre currently is a little bit out of the window. So over the past, well, let's be honest, a year, um, there's been various different ways that people have found to uh, entertain and put new stuff out there and using technology. Because we mentioned on the last podcast about technology and things, and mm. and it, it seems to be that there's, there's much more of a use for it. So I wanted to talk to you guys about some of the things that you might have seen or some of the ways that 
we, we you know you've seen or not or can suggest for getting theatre out there that that's new, exciting, um, and you know that might change and revolutionise the theatrical uh, stage, as it were. Excuse the pun. Mm. Um, for, for as we come towards the end of uh, this pandemic. Mm. Well, I think I think on a small level, certainly for sort of. Um, either if you're just wanting to sort of test something out or just for fun, holding sort of like rehearsals for people in your own time. So if you've got a script and you're like, I want to have a go at doing this in future, or you just fancy, you know, having a read through for fun. I mean, that's a great thing to do because you can just get your potential cast together or just a group of friends who miss doing sort of shows and just having a read through. Like we've done quite a few together, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, we've done, God, must have been what, almost 30 or something now. We've yeah, done, we've we've done, done. Hun- loads of these shows. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've had workshop performances, we've had musicals, we've had plays. Uh, some have worked better than others, uh, is what I'm <laughs> going to say. But um Overall, it's that that has been, I say, a much smaller way of keep and not just doing theatre, but keeping in contact. And for me, meeting people I hadn't met before because I only knew you, Lucy, and uh, somebody else who introduced me to the group. I didn't know everybody else, so I've met a big long list of people and contacts who now mm-hmm. uh, have turned out to be really lovely and supportive and friendly people. Um, so that I think, on, as you say, on a smaller smaller scale, I'm trying to think of any uh, digital theatre that I've watched over the <clears throat> lockdown. And I think there's been a real influx in stuff, seeing, watching things that I wouldn't normally go and see yeah. um, mm, because they're available. So not necessarily changing anything or making anything groundbreaking, but um, the shows must go on on YouTube, for example, or uh, Bristol Old Vic at home, all these yeah. different, or National Theatre at home, all these various schemes that have been really good at putting um weekly putting full length theatrical filmed productions on youtube for free for 48 hours mm. and i think um for me it's given me an insight into so hair take hairspray for example i never knew hairspray very well i didn't never read and then seen it never listened to it i thought oh let's give it a go it happened to be on watched it fell in love with it and now i've put tickets to go and see it next year so for me, this is, it's been a real insight into things that I wouldn't normally see because they're normally too expensive or they're not normally around. I go, oh, let's give that a watch and see. But also a wider, diverse range of plays as well. Mm. I, I'm not a massive, I haven't seen a lot of plays and um, the stuff that I have seen has normally been in the same vein. So to see something really different, things like I watched, I don't know, either you saw, I saw Cypress Avenue, that yeah. one theatre production had been put up. Uh, that was incredible with Stephen... Um, Rhea, Stephen Ring, in the lead. That was brilliant. So things like that that were very different um, mm. and different also, point of view. Also with like the National Theatre Live, mm. before everything happened, you used to be able to go to the cinema yes. and they had a schedule for things that we could watch. Now, what as a way of supporting themselves is they've released a subscription. Yeah. So as a result of every, all the, these plays that have come on, like, have come on YouTube for people to watch, They've now got a yearly subscription where you can choose to watch any of these that you want to watch, which I think is fascinating, mm. wonderful. Yeah. I, I think it's great as well because there's so many people where sort of traveling, I mean, because a lot of the time with theatre, you've got to sort of travel and it's a full day because you'll sort of make an event of it, you'll have dinner, you'll go see the show. And there's so many people where either 
money or the fact that they can't travel is not an option for them so I think it's great having this digital alternative where people can still access shows and enjoy it from the comfort of their own home I think that's a really great thing that has come out of this that it's more accessible for people I tell you I I have the first thing really that I've seen that I think that was properly live and was done virtually I saw the other night actually I watched um Mischief Movie Night in uh, which oh, is yeah. Mystery Theatre Company, and they completely improvise an hour-long movie. Uh-huh. And they get the audience to, to suggest a genre, a character, weird and wacky, wonderful things, awards yeah. that, the, uh, that the movie might have won. And then they completely improvise it for an hour, which uh, <laughs> any of us who've done a little bit of improv will know that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was it was good, Um it flagged to start with but it ended up being really quite funny at points and it was really interesting to see something very different there was a zoom participation audience involved and it was you can normally go and see it in the theater and never did it at the fringe um under a different title and uh it was something a little bit different i've not seen any many improvised productions before but it was a way of diversifying my sort of portfolio of what i've seen and mm, I, I listen. Really I listen to like Radio Four Extra sometimes. I listen to the audio dramas and the and the things. That makes me sound really old, but they have a lot of new comedy on there. So everything's really. And I love listening to the comedy um, there. And they've altered the way that they, so that they can still bring new, like the news quiz, which is literally a, a year a weekly quiz based on the things that happen in the week. Yeah. Um, and they just have rather than having a full panel of audience members um, and a panel live, it's all done via, you know, this conferencing stuff. Mm. So the audience will sit and they'll watch via, you know, this, this medium and the guests will still be um, zoomed in as well. Um, and that, that for, in terms of budgeting and everything else, that just revolutionizes the whole thing, especially for somebody like the BBC. Mm. We're all, always out there to make, you know, to save a bit of money. Um, but also, you know, a lot of new, like you say, a lot of new stuff. I mean, Matt Powell, who we had on the show in, in, from the first episode. Yeah, episode two, wasn't it? He's done, he's pioneered quite a lot of, you know, new theatre uh, and new experiences um, digitally online. Um, and he's doing very well with that, mm. you know. Um, the difficulty is, is with a lot of, I feel, a lot of... Um, established theatre companies or something like that they find it difficult to find stuff that that in- integrates with what people want to see so it's and trying again the thing about theatre sometimes is you, you want to be in a theatre to be immersed by it mm. and you can't fully have that if you're sat in your kitchen or your living room or your your bedroom watching it on a laptop um so it's it's. I just wanted to see what people, th- what you guys thought, in terms of ways that that could be improved, or or things that you've seen. You just think, oh, that was different. I've never seen it done like that before. Anything that comes to mind? Interesting. Um, I know we, we talked about this a lot in the, in the last season of the podcast because we did a lot of, of plugging for them. But the Playhouse is Panto this year. I'm not sure if either of you two watched it in the end but i i gave it a, a, a watch we watched it over um i think christmas eve actually and it, because that's the tradition in my household is to go and see the panto for christmas there and that to me it was a really really good production 
it but it did lack something it lacked i think with that or with, that, with the audience connection the i mean they had the, 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 the sort of the cast family and friends in the audience distance and all that fun stuff but it wasn't quite the same yeah and they sent out a survey actually afterwards i think they've they've um publish the results at some point but they i answered that was a lot a lot of the questions were around did you find what they thought you're asking adam did you find it to be the same experience would you look at doing it in the future would you perhaps if you didn't want to travel to the theater and it was cheaper would you perhaps want to have a digital option so may i wonder if perhaps for some audiences those who can't travel those who the theater isn't um so much a part of everyday life like i would say it is for us three where it's just more of a oh this is this is the christmas panto let's go and spend 25 20 pounds to watch it from home because that's better than or for that particular audience that's better than going and spending 60 70 pounds to take a family to go and see it so i think they're considering possibly i this is just from the quiz questionnaire it's something that could be taken forward to make it just to widen the catchment of who likes theatre and yeah, why doing that, that audience a bit more? Yeah, it's very it's very different people that you're going to get. So if you are an avid theatre goer, you will because yes, it's not the same experience. But you know, if you are an avid theatre goer, you go. But at the same time, I've seen some really great sort of productions online, and if they film it well, it feels like you're watching a very good immersive film. So I think sort of with that, it's how you shoot it. So definitely sort of with a lot of things, if you're doing a show, I find it's better if they're either very good with the angles or pre-recording it so you know you're going to get those kind of angles. So rather than it feeling like you're just sitting in front of a screen, it feels like you're actually watching a film that immerses you in. I agree with that to some extent, but I have a bit of an issue with theatre productions that film stuff on the stage when they've got like a camera person actually in the ensemble, like walking in the ensemble and it's edited together. I struggle with that because I don't like that sometimes it's very easy to see beyond the set and beyond uh, out into the wings and things and i'm like Ugh. oh yeah i don't mean that kind but you've got to be careful because when you're filming things there's always that sort of you can get almost too close yeah in a way theater should be a little bit i think sat back and watching or if you're seeing an immersive production then yeah obviously so i i I, wor- I don't. I don't like things that feel overly produced because I think the thing with theatre is it's is it's raw and it's different mm. every night. If you're watching a pre-recorded production that they've shot over four weeks and they've done it seven times and it's an edit of seven different productions, I always feel like it almost jars a bit for me. I don't know what you two think about that. A bit stale. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. Yeah, with filming, you've definitely got to get it just right with it. You don't want it to feel a bit too sort of slick, but at the same time, you don't want... <laughs> no, no, I, I... I think I... I think I love the fact, though, that with digital, there's now so many sort of Andram groups that are able to hold sort of virtual concerts and things. Like, yeah. I've seen quite a few really good, and I think it's really... I think it's a nice way of sort of, like, supporting your local Andram group. Yeah, I think... Go on, Lisa. Sorry, carry on. What we were saying. Also, getting like your local talent out there to a wider audience. Yeah. I think that's a really positive thing to be able to do. I think I think you've got pros and cons. 
I uh, think you've got your professional theatres. I think you need the actual theatres. You need to keep your theatres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, we need to have them. And you, you, you're possibly diluting down the experience a bit from the professional side of views. On the other side, again, like you say, amateur theatres and amateur companies, they're getting a chance to be seen more. Mm. You know? Um, conferencing apps, all sorts of things. It's it's just it, it's really useful. It's really revolutionary, um, and it'd be interesting to see if there was something out there that that could just unify everybody together and just have the same. Obviously, you can't beat live theatre, um, but it'd be nice to see different tackling different different perspectives from the, on the same project based on you know, distancing and, and uh, live theatre. But but no, I thought it was an interesting topic to cover and, and just talk about because obviously in these times, um, people still want to be entertained. So thank Absolutely. you guys, thanks for talking about that. And I will just add quickly that this was obviously recorded quite a long time ago, by the time you're watching this. Uh, so if there is anything extra, any other productions that we have seen since and will recommend, I'll pop a list in the description for you to check out. Or if anything changes in regards to protocol yeah. or restrictions, whatever, just know this was filmed quite a long time ago. So thank you guys for having a chat about that. That's uh, given us a bit more to think about. So yeah, I like that. Thank you guys. That was a great topic. Really interesting to talk about. So I think that's about it for us today. So without further ado, Adam, you've got to go back to your cupboard now. I'm in the cupboard. He's in the cupboard. He's in the cupboard. Oh, He's already there. The cupboard. I'm just going to sit here and wave. Actually, Lucy, just to, because um, I'm sure, sure you've forgotten it. Adam, would you like to do this week's outro? Because I've forgotten it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, you're right, Tar. Thanks. Okay, good. Because normally you send me in the cupboard. Yeah, but you're already there this week. We're, we're broadcasting live on the cupboard. I'll just sit and I'll just watch. Uh, you do a brilliant job of it without me doing it. So I well, think it's fine. If you have enjoyed this week's podcast, you can follow us on other social media platforms. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've also got our YouTube channel if you like to watch us on there. So remember to click that subscribe button, ding that notification bell. We've got two podcasts. Um, we've got two podcast playlists at the minute, one for season one and season two. So if you've not watched season one, what are you doing here? Check that Hi. out. <laughs> And then come back to season two. And we also have a Patreon page. So if you want to support us further, that'd be great if you could check us out on there. Terence likes Patreon. Yeah, Ter 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 Terence is one of our Patreons. He's our only one <laughs> we currently have at time of recording. Yeah, he likes Patreon. He's the yeah. that we like to do. <laughs> so that's it from me, Ben, and Adam today. So thank you all. And Terence. And Terence. Terence is very excited. Terence is very excited about that. Well, we'll carry on. <laughs> Yes, I know, Terence. All right, calm down. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Lucy, quickly wrap up before Terence destroys the podcast. <laughs> From myself, Ben and Adam, I hope you all stay safe. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>